Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. D-Day, 78 years ago, right now, this very moment, U.S. forces were liberating Europe. Wow, that's pretty amazing, don't you think? Um, And we all celebrated one country. We did something magnificent. Shortly thereafter, well, the war was over, and we won, and Americans, we were so happy. We celebrated. We came together as a nation. How many times have we done that since? Very few. And now, never, never. What do we come together over? Well, we're all in our little fiefdoms. And lately, this is the big thing that people are getting excited about. Taking pride in that, it's foolish. Taking pride in liberating a continent, saving a world, sure. But being a certain orientation, I don't think so. And we all know this is getting carried away. The LGBT. Let's talk about the T part of this. The transgender community, portions of it at least, are going crazy. And they're taking their fascination with genitalia to the children. Did you hear about what happened in Dallas? This is uh, drag the kids to pride. Drag the kids, children, to pride. Now they had this special event, and let's see how it's enumerated. Do you want to hit the stage with the queens? We have five limited spots for young performers to take the stage solo or with the queen of their choosing. Come hang out with the queens and enjoy this unique pride experience fit for guests of all ages. Well, says you fit for people of all ages. Now, by the way, this isn't just some weird, strange but true story in Dallas. This is happening coast to coast in rural areas, in cities, and it's bad, bad, bad. I mean, look at this. I... (laughs) It's a kid. That is a kid giving a tip to a dancer. This is is the only time she's going to be a kid. Let them be kids. But no, they're sexualizing them. I think they're traumatizing them. And I think the whole thing is probably illegal. What are they hooting and hollering about? Um, No talent displayed there. And children are all over the place. And yes, it gets sexualized and the innuendo is all over the place. And bring in the children dancers now. Oh, yeah. Strike the pose. Strike the pose. Oh. 
It's a free country. You can do whatever you want, but not with kids. Not with kids. And by the way, at the end of the uh, runway, what does that say down there? It's, uh, it's not going to lick itself. Now, what the hell is that supposed to mean? All right. This is very disturbing to a lot of us. And we're going to meet the man who brought this to, well, the nation's attention. He's from the blaze. Great guy. But I couldn't just wait for that. <laughs> I had to do something. It's small, but I had to make a phone call to the police. I didn't want to call 911. This was today because, well, it's no longer an emergency. It was when it was happening. Anyway, I called the cops. North Texas Crime Commission is not available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Press the pound key to end recording. Uh, hello, this is Greg Kelly. I'm a concerned citizen. I live in, live in New York, but I saw a horrible video. It's gone viral, very easy to find online. Uh, uh, dancing uh, transvestites with young children. It happened in the heart of Dallas. It seemed like it was incredibly inappropriate, border, uh, probably criminal. I'm sure somebody's breaking the law. You guys need to find this video. You can, uh, you can call me. My number is uh, three. And I'll help you find it online. And somebody's got to do something about this. Thank you. Again, my name is Greg Kelly. You can call me at. All right. I felt good about leaving the message. I also felt good in a follow-up phone call. Now, I called. An, I, it wasn't an emergency. I didn't want to get in anybody's way. But I did call back, and I found the person. And they said I was like the thousandth person who's made the phone call, at least. So I'm very pleased that, uh, you know, sometimes you see something on TV that's foul. And uh, anyway, people are stepping up. Now, what does Joe Biden say about all this? What would Joe Biden say about all this? What is his message regarding the kids who may want to experiment probably at the urging and maybe even pushing of their parents. For all transgender Americans watching at home, especially young people, you're so brave. I want you to know your president has your back. To everyone celebrating Transgender Day of Visibility, I want you to know that your president sees you and know this, you're so brave, you belong, and we have your back. I said last year, especially to our younger transgender Americans, I'll always have your back as your president so you can be yourself and reach your God-given potential. You know, I want everybody to reach their God-given potential. But Joe Biden, how about having America's back, right? He's singling out this one small subset. And I think, you know, it's not just a pep talk. Look at how he's trying to make good on his promise, withholding money from schools that don't install uh, transgender bathrooms and let boys play in girls' sports. Yeah, this is, uh, this is what he's doing. You know, the, the transgender bathroom. You gotta, if you're gonna take money for school lunches or anything like that, you've gotta have pro-transgender policies for sports, locker rooms, and bathrooms. That means boys, girls, transgender, or anybody who sell, so self-identifies, let's find one that has a little bit of fine print. Yeah, all gender restroom. Anyone can use this restroom, regardless of gender identity or expression. Um, you know, we rejected this as a country at the collegiate level. With Leah Thomas, yeah, I know she got to finish out the season, but that wasn't exactly a hit with the fans, right? But they're pushing it on kids and they're threatening to withhold federal money. 
This is bad stuff, bad, bad stuff. Now, that's in the T in the LGBTQIA. What about just the, the G part, the, the gay pride part? Even baseball is getting into it all, and I guess you got to because baseball, let's face it, it's pretty boring. Here's the lineup, and the 1-0 to Luis, swing and a fly ball in toward left center field. On the move is Adolis Garcia. Garcia is there, trots over, and he's got it for the second out of the inning. I'm so, I don't know what I ever saw in baseball. I used to, I just, it's something, every, the pace, everything's changed, and that game seems slower than ever. I don't think this is going to help, going uh, all woke and gay pride. That's what Major League Baseball is doing. Uh, you know, they're jumping on the corporate bandwagon with everybody else. And how about this? The Devil Rays in Florida, uh, they want everybody in their uniform on gay pride night to wear special insignia with a gay pride flag. That's, uh, well, that's unfair, especially to the players who have misgivings about that. And some players stepped forward and said, you know what, this does, not, this does not work for us. These guys right here, I totally respect their decision, uh, especially Jason Adam, the pitcher. Now, look at his statement that he put out. And believe it or not, these guys, these guys are being harassed. A lot of it comes down to faith to like a faith-based decision. So it's a hard decision because ultimately we all said what we want is them to know that all are welcome and loved here. You know, fans and whatnot, keep going. But when we put it on our bodies, the gay pride flag, I think a lot of guys decided that it's just a lifestyle that maybe, not that they look down on anybody or think differently, it's just that maybe we don't want to encourage it if we believe in Jesus. He continues, who's encouraged us to live a lifestyle that would abstain from that behavior, just like Jesus encourages me as a heterosexual male to abstain from sex outside of the confines of marriage. It's no different. It's not judgmental. It's not looking down. It's just what we believe, the lifestyle he's encouraged us to live for our good, not to withhold. But again, we love these men and women. We care about them and we want them to feel safe and welcome here. You know what? That's a really great statement. It's true. You know, there are a lot of urges that people have, but we don't act on them. I like what this guy said. How was he received in Major League Baseball? Well, fellow pitcher, some guy named Flaherty from the Cardinals called it an absolute joke. Look at how woke he is. MLB, who knew? Now it's about all these issues that should have nothing to do about the game. The game already stunk. Here's another reason to not watch it, in my opinion. Although, I do highly encourage everybody to see the new Top Gun movie. I just want to manage the expectations. What the hell? Good morning, aviators. This is your captain speaking. And we're off. Very cool movie. Exciting. Kept my interest. Yeah, they cut a lot of corners, okay? It's not the most realistic film, but I wanted to like it, and I did. And it did very well at the box office this past weekend, second weekend, uh, 85 million. It's on record, 290. Wow, almost a third of a billion bucks. Good for them. And this brings me back to the gun control debate. Now, when it comes to gun control, we've been talking about background checks, red flag laws, the same stuff, tired arguments, and Ultimately, it's just going to die out. But what we haven't been talking about, psychotropic drugs. More people are on them than ever before, especially teenagers. 
What impact has that had? I'd like to know. But it's a conversation that the pharmaceutical companies don't want us having. Now, this brings me back to Tom Cruise. You know, he brought this up on a national stage back in 2005. Everybody acted like he was a lunatic, but I think he was on something then, and it still applies. Here we are today, where I talk out against drugs and psychiatric abuses of electric shocking people, Mm -hmm. okay, against their will, of drugging children with them not knowing the effects of these drugs. Do you know what Adderall is? Do you know Ritalin? Do you know now that Ritalin is a street drug? All it does is mask the problem, Matt. And if you understand the history of it, it masks the problem. That's what it does. That's all it does. Drugs aren't the answer. That these, these drugs are very dangerous. They're mind-altering, antipsychotic drugs. And there are ways of doing it without that so that we don't end up in a brave new world. Now, he was widely ridiculed and mocked. He kind of went on and on. But, you know, anybody who's widely ridiculed and mocked, they're usually onto something. And he was then, and oh, by the way, it was a great movie. I don't know anything about Scientology. I don't want to know, but it was a great movie, and I think he had a solid point. All right, when we come back, remember this guy, Fanone? Oh, yeah, the uh, cop from Washington, D.C. is back because... They're going to try to make a big deal out of January 6th. It's going to prime time. We'll be right back. Hi, Rob Carson here. If you love watching Newsmax, you're really going to love listening to our new podcast. It's called the Newsmax Daily. I host it, and I give you the best briefing of the big news of the day, top newsmaker interviews, and even, yes, a few laughs. I know it's hard to believe. So if you're uh, driving, walking, exercising, just about anywhere, you can connect with the Newsmax Daily with me, Rob Carson. Find our podcast online or go to iPhone, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, and more, and start listening today. All I can say say is is that that the fake fake news just doesn't get it, do they? Do they get it? Of course not. They are trying to make this dopey scene on January 6th in the Capitol seem like um, 9-11, all right? Even some, even some Republicans have said that this is worse than 9-11. They're smoking something or they are just flat out lying There'll be hearings later this week in primetime. But first, something awful has happened, in my opinion. Enrique Tarrio, they've been lying about this guy from day one. Number one, he's not a white supremacist. Neither are the Proud Boys. Well, he has been hit with new, very serious charges. Seditious conspiracy. This is a big deal. Now, I think they ultimately had to charge somebody with sedition because, well, the hearing is this week, Thursday night, in primetime. No one's been charged yet with sedition. They had to make this uh, case about sedition. I think one other guy, maybe. So, you know, you call it an insurrection, but no one's charged with insurrection, so they had to dress it up. We'll find, we gotta keep an eye on this because I don't trust the Justice Department right now. No way, they are so politically minded and our media culture for them to minimize and glorify the riots that happened at the White House. You remember this in 2020, this was all beautiful. This was a good thing. And how dare President Trump in the White House order the protesters out of the way? Remember that? That was the worst thing that ever happened. Followed by this, even worser, excuse me, holding a Bible up in front of a church. 
Why doesn't he have a Black Lives Matter banner in front of that church? Or gay pride? How dare he hold up a Bible? See how ridiculous it is? All right. So what's worse? What you just saw are those clowns standing inside the Capitol. There is not much anticipation, even though the Democrats want to make this a big deal. They want to exploit it for midterm purposes. They could lose very big, so they want to make January 6th seem far worse than it is. And people on the left, they know that this is probably going to fall flat. Are you going to watch these hearings? Uh, Do you think they're going to make much of a difference? Uh, What are your thoughts heading into this phase of the investigation? I'll be there. I was promised a, a front row seat. So I plan on watching uh, as many of the hearings as I can. Unfortunately, I don't believe that it's going to move the needle. I think most of the people in this country are indifferent towards what happened on January 6th. uh, And everyone else is is pretty well encamped in, uh, you know, their side of the political aisle. I find myself actually agreeing with Officer Michael Fanon. Uh, I'm not a fan, but uh, people... One of the reasons why they're kind of blasé about this is we know. We know when we're being lied to. We've seen so many riots. In fact, how many riots did we see during Black Lives Matter? 633 at least compared to the one riot that somehow Fanon and his colleagues, were they above responding to a riot? I mean, it's kind of part of the job, right? So January 6th, the worst thing in the world. All the other riots, beautiful, Black Lives Matter, you know, this is, this is racial justice, right? This is something you applaud. This is literally something Joe Biden applauded. Even when they burned that police station in Minneapolis to the ground, they glorified it. Yet January 6th is really supposed to be all that, is really on the same level January 6th as, say, 9-11. That's crazy. You know it. I know it. Everybody does. They can't sell it, and America isn't buying. But boy, do they try. What's, this, uh, what's the other favorite talking point they have? The worst thing since the War of 1812. This was the most violent and disruptive uh, assault on the Capitol, breaching of the Capitol, since the War of 1812. The U.S. Capitol suffered its worst security breach since the War of 1812. Nobody's attacked Congress since 1812. It was the worst attack on the Capitol since the War of 1812. Boy, they really liked saying that, although I bet none of them actually know a damn thing about the War of 1812. Let's go through it. Uh, We've done it before, but it's fascinating to me. In 1915, the Capitol was bombed. It happened in 1954 as well, when Puerto Rican terrorists opened fire and actually shot five members of Congress. 1971, another bomb exploded inside the Capitol. 1983, a bomb attack inside the Capitol. And in 1998, a madman opened fire inside the Capitol. He somehow got a gun inside and shot two Capitol Hill officers, uh, Detective Gibson, John Gibson, and Officer Jacob Chestnut. I would say it's not the worst thing that happened since the War of 1812, right? You know, the way it was presented to us on January 6th, I had my doubts from the very earliest moments of this so-called crisis that something, something wasn't making sense. Listen to how they covered it. We are watching an attempted sedition. We are watching, watching an attempt at a bloodless coup in the United States, Trump supporters stopping the constitutional process, the counting of electors. This is basically 
taking over, storming the Capitol in, 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 in it's anarchy. It really is anarchy. And the president has encouraged this time and time again. And they are stopping the constitutional peaceful transfer of power. I was watching all this on January 6th, and I noticed a huge gap between what they were saying and what I was actually seeing. So I went back. We did this once before, but I think it's it really works. What if we turn off the volume and just watch the images? Does it look like a sedition, a coup? Does it look like anarchy, as that one anchor woman said? It's like uh, people walking around, actually. Why were they calling it? Why were they using that hyperbole? They hadn't seen other images. It only, that only emerged days later, some of, the, some of the scarier images from inside. It's almost like they wanted this to be a coup, even though it wasn't. You know, I talk about January 6th all the time because I really want answers. The fake news, they never give us credit for that. They think that we ignore it. No, they, we're not ignoring it. We're confronting it. And they're the ones, actually, who have the explaining to do. The Trump base does not want to hear about the coup attempt. The Trump base does not want to hear about the violence and about who inspired it and incited it. They don't want to hear the revelations at the hearing this week. And I'm not trying to claim that this doesn't matter, that the hearing doesn't matter. I'm saying it's important, and because it is important, it's being rejected by the MAGA media. I'll be watching that hearing every second of it, and I'll be tweeting like a maniac, demanding, demanding that we get the answers to these questions. Like, who is that little cop who waved everybody through the barricades? Who was that cop? Why don't we have their name? What happened there? Also, why did the other cops just stand on either side of that hallway as they came right in? Hello, welcome to the Capitol. Yes, no problem here. And then shortly before Ashley Babbitt was shot, these three cops right outside of the House chamber, for some unknown reason, decide to take a coffee break. And then all hell breaks loose. And less than a minute later, Ashley Babbitt is shot and killed. She carried no weapon. She posed no threat to anyone. Her shooting violates the law, violates the procedures and protocol of every police department in the country, including the precious George Floyd criminal justice bill. It's in direct violation of the parameters for using deadly force in the George Floyd justice bill. How about that, huh? Yeah. We'll be watching and we will be demanding answers. We have not gotten them yet. Stay with us. Who is the worst mayor in America? Well, it's a close competition. We've got Bowser in D.C., Lightfoot in Washington, and a new entrant, Eric Adams in New York. He's my pick for worst mayor. More on why when we come back. Information. Truth is freedom is newsmax it's real news for real people the worst mayor in america we've seen a lot of really bad governing from mayor lightfoot in washington dc mayor bowser has been horrendous and now eric adams is in contention to be worst mayor uh in the world i mean he is bad really really bad yet they're giving him a bit of a pass because of 
identity politics. But who talks like this? People have been making money off of us. Downstream reaction is a profitable reaction, and people have been making so much money off of us. Now I come along, I am not fighting against policies, I'm fighting against their profit. And what I'm saying and doing is hurting the bottom line of those systems that have eaten off of us for years. All right, this is like high-end, esoteric, systemic racism he's talking about. Nobody knows what he's talking about in the audience, but uh, yeah. When you can't do the job, start talking about systemic racism and uh, they don't like me because I'm black. He's been saying those things, as simple as that. More. So that's why you see all those negative stories in the paper about me. That's why you hear all those attacks. That's why you hear the constant why Eric should not have been mayor. That is what you're hearing. Uh, we're hearing that because you're doing a crummy job as mayor. Take a look at the crime statistics. He ran as a crime fighter. It is up almost 60 percent from last year. 60 percent in five months. It's crazy. We never imagined he could be this bad. Well, I actually I did. But this is bad. This is why they're writing the negative stories. Although, again, they're not that bad. More. So when you have all those folks that are running around that look like us and buy into that philosophy, I need for you to say in a very godly way, Negro, you're not going to help him leave him alone. Yeah. Did you hear what he just said? That's a terrible way to speak. Terrible. And he's got this uh, this complex, uh, God complex, something egomaniac. Definitely. Let him do his job. Let him do his job. You're not going to stand with him. You're not going to stand with the team. Then you need to move out of the way because other folks had, have had it for so long and did nothing with it. So now he's here. He's doing the job. You need to go get out of his way and let him accomplish this task that God put him in a place to do. Don't get in our way. Get out of our way and let us do the job that we were elected to do. Just who's stopping you? Just do it already. He's talking about himself in the third person. You know, the more he talks, the more I'm tempted to think about maybe I, maybe me, you know, because I'm not afraid of this guy and his horrible language. Everyone else is tiptoeing around. You're not supposed to talk like this if you're a public servant and you're you're not supposed to be a racist either. Right. Listen to this. Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers' ass, man. I was unbelievable. You hear that? He gets to tell the crackers what to do. Crackers. That's what he thinks of, of white people. Now you might think, oh, he's got good people around him, right? And he probably does have some, but not this guy. His name is J.T. Mitchell. He's the new gun czar. Now, guns, we used to leave that to, uh, well, the cops, right? The police department. This guy's a former criminal. He's a bad dude. His appointment has been met with controversy as he served time behind bars, but he says his experience is what makes him qualified for the job. Yes, I'm a formerly incarcerated person. So does the people that we're going out into the street to reach. And so you gotta be able to relate with them. The joy of transforming them scars into badges of honor. It's a whole nother level, right, Judge? And that's what we've been doing. 
hey, I'm all about redemption and uh, cleaning up your act, but I don't think you can go back into government. And I don't think you should be the gun czar. And he was convicted. They said, oh, he was behind bars. Did you hear it? They just kind of glossed all over that. He was convicted of first degree manslaughter and all kinds of financial misdealings and nepotism, putting his relatives on the payroll. And in New York, you can say incredibly racist things and our liberal press will just look the other way and pretend nothing happened. There's no difference between a white racist assassin in Buffalo and a black racist let me back that up, because I think we can't even be racist. A black miseducated, misguided missile with a pistol in his hand. Yeah, this is, uh, this is racist stuff. This really is. Yet too many people are afraid to call it racism if it comes from people of color. Anybody is capable of racist behavior. Anyone, especially the women over at MSNBC. We do have to call out um, our sisters in this struggle um, who don't always vote in alignment with the folks you see on the screen here. I feel like um, there's still a divide today in the conversations that we have about women's rights with some of um, you know, white women continuously voting overwhelmingly Republican. Lucy Caldwell's a, a show regular, and she gave one of the best and most honest answers, I thought, on why that happens. I want you to take a listen, Carmen, and then I'll ask you about it on the other side. A real problem is that Republican women are in this mode, and specifically white women, where in a way they do benefit from the patriarchy, mm -hmm. right? And so they are feeling or participating in the same kind of story of economic insecurity or, you know, uh, a, a right or a privilege that they believe their white husbands and sons and yeah. fathers deserve is, is going to a person of color, right? So they have a stake in the old paradigm that yeah. is harmful. They also, at the same time, it's it's good to be a white woman because mm -hmm. white women also benefit from the progress that Democrats have worked to assure for white women. Those silly white women worried about their silly white husbands and silly white children. Hey, why didn't you just come out and call them Karens for crying out loud? Whew. And they put this on television. Now, but it's not white women. They're not the... They're not the ultimate threat. Who's the ultimate threat? 103 years after the passage of the 19th Amendment in the Senate, the challenge and then frankly the threat is the white men who have had a monopoly on our society, our democracy, and our country who continue to block our access to the ballot and our liberty as citizens, as women, and everything that comes with it. Yeah, everything that comes with it. White men are the threat, are the threat. And the host just encourages this in the most pompous way, by the way. Who's, who, who takes this pose other than a phony book cover or something like that? Isn't that a little bit funny? I don't know. If, I, if you ever catch me doing something like this, all right, I want you to write the station, send me a nasty email. Never let me do anything like that. All right. So um, there are some people who are just uncomfortable when people of color speak about issues. It shuts certain people up. When people of color talk about race, it generally inhibits others of all colors from talking about it, especially when it's coming from the far left. I got to say this for Chris Christie. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan, but he's got guts and he doesn't shy away from a fight and he sticks to the issues and it doesn't matter who he's arguing with. It doesn't matter what they look like. 
The other side will never move towards you, ever, if you're going to say this is a purely moral issue. If you don't agree with me, yeah, then you're immoral. What is moral if it's not life and death? When it's the, taken the lives of innocent children, when it's taken the lives of 80-year-old Donna, grandmothers who are in a grocery store trying to feed her family. It, it's moral. What is life if it's this, not that I cannot walk the streets? Look, Chris, I live in an urban city. I, I care about crime. I care about the violence that I see. There are nuances see. to this issue, though, Donna. There are you nuances. But you said this morning that Democrats don't want to confiscate guns. But on the other hand, you have Beto O'Rourke this week in Texas saying that's exactly what he wants to do. So there are nuances to this issue. A Both on the right automatic and weapon. Donna, I to confiscating weapons that Beto O'Rourke was talking about this week. This hardens the debate. It hardens people's positions. Both extremes rifles. do. I'm sorry. Both extremes do. Good for them. Good for him, especially, uh, because it's true. When certain people bring up certain issues, it tends to make certain people run scared. It happened uh, on CNN with a former Trump administration official. Look at what she bought into. You cannot forget the racism, bigotry, white supremacy, xenophobia that still is prevalent every single day in society. And I'm thinking about Buffalo. And you trace that back to what is this new Republican Party? There's a direct correlation. People see that as well. So, yes, baby formula matters, but these other things matter as well. The car is not wrong. I actually agree there. That is um, somebody named Alyssa. She was communications director under Trump, under Trump, America first, all that stuff. But look at the enthusiasm where she agrees with its prevalent racism, bigotry, white supremacy. Every day in America, those things are prevalent. I never would have joined the military to defend a country where those things were prevalent. But that's what you say when you want a seat at the table in the swamp. Okay, you just pick up the talking points. And now that Trump seems to be gone, that's where your bread is buttered. I'd rather starve. I'll be right back. I've seen a lot of things in life, but I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite this hideous in America, in Dallas, Texas, this nonsense, uh, so-called drag queens with kids at an event that was public and promoted. It was called Drag the Kids to Pride, a quite frankly, I think all of us agree, a totally disgusting, inappropriate event. We have, though, I think it's important to highlight what's going on because it's not only happening in Dallas, it's happening all over the place. We're joined by Alex Stein. He is a contributor at The Blaze TV. We love The Blaze. He also has the Conspiracy Castle podcast. Alex Stein, welcome to the show. Great work in highlighting this, by the way. Thanks for being here. Well, Greg, it's an honor. I really appreciate you having me. But this is what's going on in America right now. We have Leah Thomas, who swam on the men's team for three years and then gets to have gender reassignment, hormone therapy, and gets to swim against the women. So this is not just an attack on children. This is an attack on uh, women. This is, an att- this is a part of a, the culture war that we need to expose. So it's just sad because, listen, say what you will. I'm not a homophobe. I actually support the LGBTQ community. But what this was, this was an attack on our children 
And that's why it was so disgusting, Greg. And is there possible laws broken here? Uh, I called the police, actually, and I wasn't the only one. <laughs> I saw no, those little kids putting dollar bills in the, in the uh, underwear of these models. This is, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, but this is bachelor party stuff for 20-somethings, if that. So from your standpoint, and you've been looking at this, uh, were there laws broken? Is that possible or am I going too far? Well, no, I think you're just about right. I mean, you're letting small kids inside of a bar and supposedly with their parents. But when I saw all the parents walk in and walk out, these didn't seem like parents. They seemed like their aunt, their uncle. I mean, and they're inside of a bar at 11 a.m. where people are drinking alcohol. I remember when I was in college, I had, you know, I didn't get to go to the bar till I was 21. So because they're going to have a drag queen story time, they let little kids in. It, this is no way legal. And that's why there's people uh, putting in legislation right now in Texas making it illegal to have drag shows for children right now. The uh, the sign at the end of the uh, runway, I guess they call it, it's not going to lick itself. I mean, that's inherently, quite frankly, uh, I think we all know what they're getting at. That's uh, borderline obscene, certainly when around children. I mean, right there, that's indecent. And there are still laws against indecency. Greg, listen, I've been to all kinds of edgy places, sketchy places, but the vibrational energy at this place was the weirdest thing. It was almost like they were feasting on kids in a sexualized manner because when I confronted them after the fact, this one, this is Noel, this dancer, they felt shame. They felt guilt because they know that when they were a little kid, they shouldn't have been subjected to this. But this is the problem. A lot of these people that were there were abused as children, and they thought, you know, because of their their prior abuse— they kind of pay it forward. And that's the big problem. That's why I almost have empathy for these people, because they need help uh, more than anything, in my opinion. Now, you, were, you weren't able to establish that for fact about the adults, though. I mean, we've heard that, but you weren't able to establish that for fact, were you? Well, I just know that the outside where I was got shut down, I was assaulted by multiple people. There's multiple people, Greg, that had self-mutilation wounds, you know, and that's a sign of past trauma. And so uh, uh, just the vibrational energy at this place, I would compare it to like with a drug dealer. Your first time's free. You know, it's like, oh, come take a hit. Come try this. And it just had that sinister vibrational. It just had that sinister nature to it. Like I've nothing I've ever seen because. Listen, if people want to have a drag brunch, that's fine. But to have little kids go there and make them play musical chairs so that they fall on the ground at a bar where the ground is disgusting, this is a mockery. They're mocking the little kids. They're making them confused. And it's right for people to feel outraged about this. You attempted to interview one of the performers in the parking lot. Uh, They didn't want to talk to you, but I think it's still kind of an interesting exchange. Let's take a look at that, please. Do you like dancing for little children? You don't think that's disgusting? Dancing around for little. Don't you think that's disgusting? You dance in front of little children. You dance in front of little children. You know, um, the 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 individual got pretty angry, and I think, quite frankly, you know, you may have struck a chord there. There's no defending this, and even that that person who seems a little warped and crazy, you might have gotten through to them, and that's why they got so angry. Well, you could tell they were triggered. I mean, if this was a, the the this was the opposite way, and they were at a strip club and people were handing strippers, even if the strippers were fully clothed, but they were simulating tipping a stripper, people would be outraged about this. So, because they're doing it inside of a drag club, they're saying this is for social justice or to bring awareness. There's nothing about awareness or social justice about uh, in, uh, simulating sex with small children. 
Alex Stein, this is very important work you're doing. Thank you for bringing it to the nation's attention. You can see Alex Stein at The Blaze. We love The Blaze. Say hi to everybody. Thank you, sir, very much. Thank you, Greg. I really appreciate you having me on. You bet. We'll be right back. On the right there, that's Peter Navarro, a senior advisor to President Trump. A great patriot, brilliant man, knew all kinds of things about the coronavirus, uh, the link to the Wuhan lab. And anyway, he was subpoenaed by the January 6th committee. He didn't want to cooperate. And then, incredibly, an arrest warrant was issued and the FBI locked him up. The FBI locked him up. It was completely unnecessary. If he was going to be arrested, a guy like that, you basically say, turn yourself in. Anyway, here's what he said. They intercepted me getting on the plane. And then they put me in handcuffs. They bring me here. They put me in leg irons. They stick me in a cell. By the way, just historical note, I was in John Hinckley's cell. They seem to think that that was like an important historical note. Okay, That's punitive. That, what they did to me today violated the Constitution. Certainly seems that way. Joe DeGeneva, former U.S. attorney for Washington, D.C., Newsmax contributor. Joe, we haven't spoken about this. What do you think of the treatment of Peter Navarro? I think it's appalling. I think it is a violation of all Justice Department standards. Now, let's make sure let's be very clear for the audience how this happened. Peter Navarro was arrested at Washington National Airport on a nonviolent crime. He would have surrendered. He should have been offered the opportunity to surrender. They put him in handcuffs, in leg irons at Washington National Airport. That was to embarrass him and to intimidate others. This is disgraceful. What is happening to our Department of Justice is unbelievable. That arrest could not have happened without the authorization of the FBI Director Christopher Wray and the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland. Let me just say this. When the Republicans take over the House and the Senate, They should impeach both Christopher Wray and Merrick Garland just for what they did to Peter Navarro. This is disgusting. I was the United States attorney for the District of Columbia under Ronald Reagan. Not once, not once did I ever authorize someone in Peter's position to be arrested that way. This is nauseating. This is disgraceful. It's unconstitutional. The the attorney general of the United States, who used to be a federal judge, and Christopher Wray, who used to head the criminal division under George Bush, both of those men should be embarrassed, but they're not. They are abusing their authority. This is disgraceful. And we pointed out in that video there, uh, he actually does live right next door to the FBI headquarters. Uh, His residence, he said this publicly, he lives, Peter Navarro, right next door. The, The idea that they went to these lengths... Very quickly, 10 seconds. Did they break any laws, the uh, DOJ? Is it possible that abuse of power, you know, or will they get away with this? They did not break any laws, but they committed impeachable offenses, which are political offenses. They should both be impeached. Joe DeGeneva, so glad you're out there on our side. Former U.S. attorney for Washington, D.C. Thank you, sir. We'll be right back. Liberty loving American takes on Washington, Hollywood, and the whole media establishment. He's Chris Salcedo. Join his fight. 
Tune in to the Chris Salcedo Show every weekday afternoon on Newsmax. Thank you so much. Stand by for Stinchfield. See you tomorrow.